Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio. Uh, we use the blueprint for liberty, ladies and gentlemen. That's the checks and balances all built into the supreme law of the land, the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. As you know, we reject revolution unless it's a Jesus revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The checks and balances are brilliant. And one of the great solutions we have at our fingertips, it is a freedom, love, and faith filled. We're taking America back one heart, one issue, one mind at a time. Quick recap of yesterday's show. We had on Eldon Stahl, field coordinator for the John Birch Society, doing a phenomenal job. We also had on Brian Rust of RustQuinnandGift.com. We talked about the Honest Money Report. We talked about Citigroup. Massive layoffs will begin cutting employees ASAP. Doesn't look good when the banks are struggling, huh? Millionaires, believe it or not, feel like they're just middle class these days. Only 8% of those with at least a million dollars consider themselves wealthy. Only 8% do. <laughs> Anyway, very strange stuff. Millions, well, they're not what it seems to be. Uh, everybody I know is a millionaire almost. Yeah. Our guest coming up, Scott Bradley's a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Oh, yeah, we're all rich. Not. So here's the problem. They've simply taken every asset we have, and because of inflation, it sounds like it's worth a gazillion dollars. My house alone I bought for $150,000 in 02. Now they say it's worth over a half a million dollars. You see how they made me a millionaire, but it's not real? Day-to-day, -day, I don't have a millionaire, li millionaire lifestyle. I barely, um, you know, with me and my wife together working and eight children, <laughs> we barely make over $100,000. I don't mind telling people what we make. There's no secrets. I don't make a lot of money. $100,000 a year or, you know, they're about, that's not a lot of money when you got eight children, ladies and gentlemen plus a business to run. Um, you know, I've got like three jobs and my wife's got like two. We're doing the best we can. Now, look, a million dollars sounds like a lot, but now days it's middle class. By the way, if you try to buy a Tesla, what do they call these things, Cybertruck, and you buy it and you try to flip it, oh, you'll get sued by Elon. He doesn't want anybody flipping his trucks. And the problem with that whole plan, ladies and gentlemen, is whose truck is it? Elon's even after you buy it or yours? If it's yours, I don't know what flipping means. If I buy a truck and then I decide to sell it for more, that's the free market, ladies and gentlemen. Is it my truck or Elon's truck? Private property rights in America being destroyed at an alarming rate is the quintessential point, even down to your vehicle nowadays. Uh, by the way, a judge approved J.P. Morgan's $290 million settlement with nearly 200 Jeffrey Epstein victims. J.P. Morgan got caught, settled, no wrongdoing. And here's the problem. You know, the victims get a little bit of money. J.P. Morgan takes a little swipe. Nothing in the real scheme of things. Nobody's going to jail over Jeffrey Epstein. 
we haven't exposed who's really tied to Jeffrey. We hear a little bit about Bill. We hear a little bit about, you know, uh, different people, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, uh, others. But we don't really have any hard evidence. We don't have anybody going to jail. Jeffrey Epstein supposedly committed suicide, and now it seems like mm, everything's under wraps. We continue to hear little blips, but every time it means more and more and more people get off the hook as the secrecy continues. Then we say, hey, there's all kinds of pedophile stuff going on. Well, Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. And then they say, oh, you're crazy. There's no Pizzagate. There's no pedophile stuff going on at all. You guys are just crazy conspiracy theorists. And my response is, then why is J.P. Morgan settling for millions of dollars? Why do we have all these kind of people? Why do we have these secret lists and we don't even know who's involved? Anyway, there you have it. That was our one of the broadcast. Eldon Stahl was with me for the second hour. We had another incredible guest. A guy by the name of Jay Valentine was with us. And he's involved in a company that has a new technology called Fractal. And Fractal delivers confidence through transparency. Fractalweb.app if you want to learn more about Jay's incredible work. Well, our dear buddy David A. Clark Jr. brought this to our attention that fractal can be fractal can be used to plumb voter rolls and find the errors in seconds where it used to take days. Anyway, they're identifying problems in voter rolls using this fractal technology. America needs confidence in its voter rolls. Well, they got a website for using this fractal technology to deal with voter rolls. All right, here it is. Omega, the number four, and the word America. Omega4America.com is where you can learn more about their incredible work. Okay, fraud expert Jay Valentine speaks out against election voter roll fraud. Why we need real-time voter roll monitoring. All right. Uh, the fact is, this is serious business, and they're making a huge difference. They've already done it in 26 states, and they've found all kinds of voter roll problems, tons of them, including Utah, Idaho. They're going to be working on Wyoming, thanks to the fact that we connected them to Eldon Stahl in Wyoming now. Uh, they're working on it all over the country, and they're delivering results that are just shocking. Where's the mainstream press to report on this? You can say fraud. You can say not. You can say whatever you want to. But there are voter roll problems like you wouldn't believe changing the outcomes of elections, and they're ready to prove it. The bottom line is this fractal technology expert uh, has been asked to be subpoenaed in court, and he's testified in court. And what they do is they just throw out everything he has to say. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. Forget the evidence. We're not looking at the evidence. We're just telling you this guy's an IT guy, not an election guy, so he's gone. Folks, the courts have become the enemy. They will not look at the truth. They dismiss it on every other grounds but the facts, and then they claim that there's nothing here. The courts have all ruled against you. Well, that's all true, but it's a lie. They've ruled against anything that gets a chance to get the evidence in front of the courts true, but they've never really ruled on the details of the courts. As more and more election evidence and proof and convictions come out every single day. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. Now, the Government Accountability Office published a report, and it shows that government agencies now incorrectly reported spending at times did not even report their expenditures. 
Yeah, there's a group called USASPENDING. USASPENDING.com. That's the official source for the federal spending information. Okay? And the bottom line is they don't even keep track of what they spend. The Departments of Treasury, Health and Human Services, Homeland Security, all kinds of groups had multi-million dollar discrepancies in their expenditures. We don't even know how much they're spending. So when they say we're 32, 33 plus trillion in debt, they have no idea because they don't even know what they spent. What does Congress do? Kick the can down the road and say spend more. It is a disgrace. U.S. debt interest alone tops a trillion dollars a year, according to Bloomberg. It'll never be paid back. It's absolutely, virtually impossible. I don't even think anybody can explain to me what a trillion dollars even is. Customers at U.S. banks hit with major deposit delays. That does not look good before Christmas, now does it, folks? You deposit money. And you can't even find out if it's in your bank for days. It's a disgrace. America, your economy is unwinding. Why? Because of the sheer fraud and sheer immorality of the people. Everybody's on the take. Everybody's suing everybody. Congress won't take responsibility. Even uh, the new MAGA Mike, you know, they say he's a Christian. He's being attacked for being a Christian. All that may be true, but he did nothing more than kick the can down the road just like every other leader before him has done, and thus the trouble we're in. With that grim reality check report, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you much, and it's like our good friend Kurt said. Well, other than that, it's not too bad. I mean, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of stress in life today. There really is. I mean, uh, you know, and if you're empathetic at all to to others suffering, you know, you you kind of, you you just don't, I mean, most of us really, if you stop and think about it, we don't have it too bad. We push a button on our car door, the window goes up and down. We push a button on the wall and our temperature goes up and down in the house. You know, we got warm shelter, uh, we got food and clothing. We've got a lot of things that a lot of people are struggling with right now, but I'm here to tell you there's there's a lot of you know omens, if you will, on the horizon that uh, that bode ill will uh, for the future, and and it's tragic because really we were blessed with this great and wonderful nation, free, strong, happy, prosperous. You know, we got the our agency to choose the path we want to, and. And, uh, oh, let's go back to that thing you were talking about, about the uh, how rich you are and I am and everybody is, right? It's a, it's all a numbers game. It's a funny game that they've played. With well, that inflation. was my point. Everybody's a millionaire now almost if you look at everything. Well, I had a talk with uh, – sounds like we've got to take a break. Well, maybe we'll talk about this when we get back. So just always a lot to talk about, don't you think? One-minute break. We'll do it in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley. Check out his weekly webinars at freedomsrisingsun.com.
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live. Dr. Scott Bradley was saying, look, you know, it's tough all over. There's a lot of changes and a lot of things happening in America. That's for sure, doctor. Well, you know, uh, we were talking about the financial status of people. Uh, I, I had a conversation earlier this week with a young woman who's in her mid-40s. She has not bought her first house. She makes really good money. But we went through the realities of this. And let's, let's not take her exact scenario. It's just a quick thing or a mental exercise. If, if you make 100000 a year, the average American pays half of their gross income to some level of government. Now, say, oh, my income tax isn't near that high. Well, if you got uh, state uh, income tax, you got federal income tax, you got Social Security tax, you got Medicare property tax, tax, you got sales property tax. tax, you got sales tax, you got gasoline tax, you got excise tax. I mean, the list goes on and on. So about 50% of our gross income goes to some level of government. And we have voted in people that have done this to us, and we continue to be more than happy about that. However, if you stop and think about it, let's say you um, uh, you, you look at this $100,000 a year scenario we're talking about. So half of it's gone. 50000 is left. So let's say you've got a $2,000 a month uh, rent payment, and, and that's a very realistic thing. I mean, I know lots of young people that are paying that. It seems astronomical to me. When my wife and I first got married, I was paying $95 a month. But that's another story. But so you spend $2,000 a month on your uh, on your rent, and half that 50000 is gone. Then you put your uh, you put your food, you put your clothing, you put your uh, uh, any any kind of uh, you know 
birthday presents, whatever. So let's say you're left. Let's just say you live very frugally and, and you're left with $10,000 a year of that 25000 that's left after your rent, which is probably unreasonable to think, and you put that 10000 a year away. In 10 years, you have $100,000. With the housing market being what it is, as a half a million dollars for a house or so, you've got barely a down payment on that house. And then you, you just continue with the rat race because you'll never pay that off. It's a 30-year mortgage. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, but everything is relative. When we first got married, uh, my next-door neighbor was a 83, 84-year-old guy. He was in a little brick home with a front porch. It was a, a quaint, you know, pleasant little home. He told me that in 1928, he bought that home for $4,000. I said, oh, my goodness, I could afford a home even. And he says, no. He says, it's all relative. He says, 1929 came and the big crash. He says, there was no money to be had. He says, I nearly lost my $4,000 home back in the early 30s because there was no money. It's a, it's a rat race, and uh, John Maynard Keynes, the uh, Keynesian, um, I don't know what you might want to call him, a goon that brought this government, well, he, he made it popular. I mean, there were other Keynesians even before Keynes, like uh, Mariner Eccles, a uh, Utah boy that went to the Federal Reserve and all this kind of stuff. But it's an inflation debt-based, you know, Federal Reserve, uh, private banking consortium that runs our economy. Uh, they create money out of thin air. They make money off of interest. You can never pay it back. Anyway, uh, Keynes said that the inflationary thing was something that most people will never understand how they're being taxed on their holdings based upon the value of money diminishing. And, and he's right. Most people say, man, I'm making 100000 a year now. I don't know how to make it. I can't even get in a house. That's kind of the conversation I had earlier this week. But but people just need to understand it's manipulated economy in this case. Now, there's a lot of other things manipulated, whether it's we get our hearts tweaked constantly by wars we've got to run off to that they're trying to sell to us so the military establishment can make their, uh, their industrial complex thing. You, you talk about, oh, ain't it awful? We've got to let all these people in from somewhere else that can pick our pockets and we, f we fund them and ship them anywhere in America they want sleeper cells now that a lot of people are going in on. One thing after another, you say, holy cow, don't we have any real Americans left that are, that are trying to do the general welfare of America? We've talked about this before, how that's a stable, predictive gov predictable government. That's a government that's not going to allow these external forces to, des to destroy us. The government is central to that now. So... I think we got to clean up the government. We do that, and I think we'll find a way to, to you know, wheedle our way out of all these other, other troubles. But we keep putting people in like, oh, George Santos, you know, the guy that uh, lied his way into Congress. And, yeah, you know, and you know what? Out. They're not even, I mean, he's resigning, so he's not going to be reelected or whatever else. But they never no, even really took action against him. No, they, they haven't. But if you want to chase that one for a minute, this one is a contrived, this is a manipulated problem the Republicans brought on themselves. They yes, knew it is. this guy was trouble. I mean, he came into the market, I mean, into the election and everything. He lied his way through there. They've got, there's been an ethics committee looking at him. I don't think he's resigning. I think he's just not going to run for election again. Now yeah, they that's may right. Ultimately. But, but at any rate, um, he's just not running again. But they got 30-something, I don't remember the number, 
charges that they think they can make stick where he took people's credit card that gave yeah, but they're not gonna make to they're not gonna make anything stick against george or hunter or joe or any of these people it's a clown show while trump is literally facing going to jail and harassment after harassment the democrats are pretty serious the republicans are literally doing nothing all they did was say hey let's kick the can down the road when it comes to uh you know the finances now believe it or not gavin newsom might have received the best opportunity of his life he might be joe biden's successor listen to this ago when the united states offered to host this summit we knew we need a location dynamic and diverse and as apac itself and apec uh, in san francisco here we are i want to talk about governor newsom i want to thank him he's been one hell of a governor man <laughs> Matter of fact, he could do anything you want. He could have the job I'm looking for. Think about that. He's at the Asian Pacific Economic uh, Cooperation Conference or whatever. So this guy's literally at an Asian event, and he literally announces, hey, Newsom's awesome. Uh, so is Joe going to step down and Newsom going to last minute take his place? Is it going to be um, Trump versus Newsom now? Don't know for a fact, but a very interesting overseas kind of claim, Dr. Bradley. Well, Biden did tell a little bit of truth. He said uh, Newsom's been a hell of a governor, and I fully agree with that. A hell don't agree. governor, yeah. yeah. Amen it's, to that. It's one of those, uh, you know, he sent us all to Hades or whatever they want to call it. But at any rate, um, he has, uh, he's been blowing on those embers for quite a while, trying to get a bonfire going uh, and Newsom would like to do that he's he's a very uh, shall we say opportunistic young man and uh, and he has he is running California into the ground I mean his COVID responses his economic response his tax structures his second amendment things his abortion things I mean you can make the whole litany of things that he has fatal flaws with and in fact, it's so bad that there's an outmigration of Californians, uh, businesses that can are getting out, and uh, people that can are voting with their feet. They lost um, uh, House representation in this last census, and that's never happened to California. They've been growing, growing, growing since the day they were born. But uh, this governor is driving them out of the state, and uh, you know the new state laws about uh, you know solicitation and prostitution and all that kind of stuff police are prevented from doing that let's talk about that conference they just had san francisco and the governor came in there and cleaned house uh, swept up the street scraped the feces off the sidewalk hung up uh, chinese flags and all that kind of stuff he wouldn't try and do anything like that for the citizens of, of san francisco he brought it in for this communist goon that's that's been visiting there then and they they wanted to put their best foot forward. And by the way, it's a Potomkin village. I mean, you know, go back and look about the Potomkin villages of the uh, uh, 1787, I guess it was, when Catherine um, took her voyage and looked at the uh, her villages that were along the river, and uh, they, they deconstructed them and built them down the river as she went farther down to show a happy, well-painted citizenry that were down there. Anyway... That's what Newsom did. That's what communists do. That's what, uh, you know, what's his Absolute name? Absolute downstream propaganda 
big time, and I've got more of that coming up as well as America literally devolves into a communist nation uh, under China. So the question is, did Biden pick California Governor Gavin Newsom as his, quote, successor? Only time will tell, but it's looking like that's the choice. Now, here's the next thing. Lawyer Jonathan Miller admits to leaking witness video in Trump election case. I want to talk about that because, wait a minute, the opposition leaking video? Donald's asking for a mistrial. Let's talk about this in seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley of freedomsrisingsun.com on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. A mistrial was declared in the civil rights trial of Brett Hankinson, a former Louisville, Kentucky police officer, involved in the deadly and botched no-knock warrant raid involving 26-year-old Breonna Taylor in 2020. After four days of deliberations, a federal jury told a judge it was deadlocked and could not reach a verdict on the two-count indictment for deprivation of rights under the color of law. A verdict has been delivered in the San Francisco, California trial of the man who attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer. David DePap has been found guilty. Prosecutors say Nancy was the intended target of last year's attack, but she wasn't home, so the attacker went after Paul Pelosi as police were arriving at the home. DePap apologized to Paul when he took the stand Tuesday, and he still faces a second trial on state charges. The search for a man that went overboard from a cruise ship earlier this week has been suspended. The Coast Guard says crews searched an area roughly the size of Connecticut, but were unable to locate 28-year-old Tyler Barnett. Reports say Barnett went into the Gulf of Mexico from a Carnival cruise ship early Monday morning, shortly after it left the port of New Orleans. The incident remains under investigation. Americans view crime as a big problem. Nearly two-thirds of the nation views crime as a significant concern. That's according to a recent Gallup poll. 63% of respondents indicated that crime is an extremely or very serious issue, although only 17% labeled crime as extremely serious in their local communities. Over half stated they have observed an increase in crime in their areas. I'm John Schaefer. Mariah Carey started her holiday tour in California Merry Christmas, one and all, kicked off last night. She will visit 13 cities, including Detroit, Boston, and New York City. We are USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout, and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. All right, so it's Misty Hampton is her name. She's like a co-defendant in the Donald Trump case, but Misty Hampton's lawyer, a guy by the name of Jonathan Miller, literally admits to leaking witness video in Trump election case. Trump's saying this is totally bogus. Trump's calling it a mistrial now, asking the judge for a mistrial. This is disaster as more and more and more of these cases get tainted. You don't even know who's who anymore. You don't know who's your friend. You don't know who's your enemy. You can't trust the judges. It's all political. It's all financially fueled. It's all dishonesty. It's all government cover-up. It's all government secrecy. It's all government withholding exculpatory evidence. It's about denying anybody their right to defense and appropriate discovery. Doctor, this is flat out out of control. Well, that was, I mean, you know me, I always look back to look forward uh, because that's the past is prologue as uh Shakespeare said in The Tempest, it just tells us what the introduction is. And uh, that was one of the main reasons we had a revolutionary war. Justice was, was not had in the courts. Uh, the, the king was doing things that, uh, that just made the people unsure that they could get justice. And, and really, the American founding fathers kind of stumbled again as they created the, uh, the first constitution, the Articles of Confederation. They didn't have a court system. In, the, in that, and uh, the, their process of, of having the Congress, which was the only body of the general government, because uh, you didn't have a president, you didn't have a judicial system, they had the Congress, and they had a way of adjudicating, kind of, things like uh, boundary disputes and stuff like that between states, but it was a very clumsy kind of process, and so we went forward under the Articles of Confederation with, with justice still not being served and people being uncomfortable with that. I mean, it resulted in... in you know, civil unrest. Well, and, and since and the states had so much power and they were competing countries, there was no way to have cohesiveness. There was no way for them to work together. They all had their own self-interest to where it was going to basically destroy itself on its own altar. Well, and so so that was another big problem in the beginning. Justice is an important item. And it is, as you point out, being thoroughly undermined nowadays with all these different little flaky things that are going on. The, the whole thing in the, in the uh, uh, Donald Trump cases, by and large, can be summed up in two words. No bill. No bill. Well, what does that mean? It's, uh, there's no charges for this? I mean, you've got a free lunch? What is it? No. It's, it's uh, basically it's the court lets the defendant and his attorneys and everybody else like that know that they're not going to be seeking formal charges. It, it, you know, it's, it's like there's maybe not enough evidence. Uh, it couldn't be proven. I mean, there's any number of things that could do it. I mean, you, uh, you could get an old bill if the prosecutor feels like there's too much on his plate and your case isn't worth bothering with. Any number of things could say, we're not going to go to court on this thing. We're not going to go to trial. But but uh, the vast, vast, vast majority of things that are happening right now, like with Trump, should have been brought back as an old bill. 
Uh, during the news break, there was a deal about this uh, thing where, which is an, another example of injustice, but it's in protection of police actions that really need to be examined more carefully, I think. There's a lot of police violence. Uh, very rarely do police ever have to stand tall and address some of their actions. They have these things like immunity that they give. There's different flavors of it. We don't need to take a lot of time on that. But, but, but suffice is, it to say, though, that 90% of the uh, unique flavors of this smack of just special protection for an elite class, though, the dual justice system, uh, is the evolution of that. It's not justified or appropriate in any way because they don't leave their citizen status. They don't. That's the beauty of America, the genius of America. You don't, you don't just leave your citizen status. You still have culpability, individually speaking. You still have not lost your rights of self-defense. You still haven't lost your rights of due process, but at the same time, you haven't been given a special cloak of protection. That's a mis dishonest manipulation of the intent of the founders. Let's talk about one for just a second here. I think in May, Donald Trump is due to go up on charges of this classified information that he took out of the office with him, which is really strange because, and I don't think he even realized this, as president, he could have declassified it, but he packs up some papers i don't know how many or how much 40 well, they and when say, we roughly. say he his whole team probably packed it up so whether yeah, he they even were throwing, packed it up himself or not is another discussion yeah they were throwing things in boxes and getting them out and they were making room for the new guy right anyway uh so he's got i think 40 instances where they say he's, he was holding classified information interesting point about it it was held under so under uh, secret service protection in a secured location, okay? Uh, concurrently with that uh, developing, we have Joe Biden. When he walked out the door as the vice president, he took classified information with him. He could not have declassified it. He did not put it in a secured location. He put it in his garage next to his Corvette. Probably had a... You know, and all over the place, number. though. There's multiple locations yeah. for Joe. There is. So, so anyway, this stuff got tossed to the wind. Okay, okay. So Joe Biden, he did very similar, only without any of the things that could have ultimately mitigated it. In other words, without presidential out. authority is the point. Exactly. Well, Trump is going before. I think he's going on trial in May. That sticks in my mind. Uh, you probably check that and find out and tell me I'm wrong if I am. But at any rate, they oh, had a right. special prosecutor that was put over um, uh, Joe Biden's case. Special? Special. No, Biden's special. He's a special above the law kind of guy. And they came back just recently, I think it was this week, and said, uh, you know, we're kind of disappointed he did this, but we're not going to further pursue it. No further action required. Close the file, walk away, lock it up. You're done, baby. And it's it's just appalling. I mean, you look at, at uh, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, she's a doddering old woman, whatever. But she, when she was Secretary of State, had that unsecured server, probably in her bathroom, I don't know where it was, or towel closet. Anyway, she was in her home sending secured State Department uh, top secret kind of information through. I'm, you know, I don't know how I'd ever prove this, but my assumption is stuff went through there that was um, picked up uh, on the clothesline that was hanging outside. Everybody could watch for it. And people probably died. People that that their their whatever was blown and they they ended up dying, 
I mean, I can't prove that, but no, she got a pass. Oh, we're not going to prosecute. We're not going to pursue. It, it's just unbelievable how the Teflon Dons get away with everything. Well, you're right. You know? And now it turns out even that Anthony Fauci literally now has been caught destroying evidence and destroying uh, communications. But the, I mean, the, that's the thing that uh, everybody says, uh, well, he said, I am the science, you know, follow the science. That means follow me. I am the king. You know, the emperor had no clothes, people. Nothing Fauci did had a scientific basis. They may have had a test tube somewhere in the office building he was in or a Bunsen burner or something like that, but they were not following the science. It was by guess and by golly, he flipped and flopped like a fish on the bank that's just been pulled out of the river. I mean, the flipper himself, and he's a, he's on a very, very big pension. And, he, and sadly, he's been detected true. by Donald and Joe. And no Brock. Question. No question. The man, I mean, I really do believe we need Nuremberg trials 2.0. I mean, let's let's not just make any assumptions. Let's do a full disclosure with the dispassionate environment of, of a court. Let's do a review of the evidence. And once discovered, I believe we'll find that the man is guilty of sin as well as I mean, you think about whether it's churches or uh, public health officials or, or corporate officials or city councils or you, you pick anybody that was involved in the uh, establishment response to COVID, they're guilty. And in fact, many of them, I, tr I truly believe, have blood on their hands. There's been a study that was done that says that 17 million people in the Southern Hemisphere, I don't know why they didn't look at America, I guess our records are covered up so good, but 17 million people in, in the southern hemisphere of the world have died because of the jab, the death jab, the clot shot, whatever you want to call it. 17 million. That's that's more than double they claim killed or were killed by the COVID thing itself. And well, that takes out that. America, which is where massive deaths occurred, too. They even had a death chart, you know, with that, with hundreds of thousands of people dead. You add that, and it gets even worse. Well, America had, in terms of deaths per million, that's admitted, and this is, who knows, uh, in terms of deaths per million, America had more than 45% more per million than any other nation in the entire world. Our protocols in this nation allowed 45-plus percent more per million to die in this country. Our protocols were horrifically bad. Our protocols were, in fact, in my age group, if you got put on a ventilator where they intubated your lungs to keep you breathing, quote unquote, they made sure you died oh, nearly 100%. As close to 100% you can't justify. Yeah, thank heavens. Thank heavens, Dr. Scott Bradley is an exception thanks to the grace of the almighty God, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. Back in seconds, you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Are you not feeling yourself since getting the jab of the COVID? Are you feeling run down? Suffering from brain fog? Having trouble staying motivated? Or maybe you've packed on a few pounds since getting sick? You're not alone. Millions are suffering from vaccine injury or long-haul COVID issues. But there is great news. My friends over at Global Tech MD have the solutions. Their post-jab supplement package 
is a doctor-developed protocol to support optimal immune function and to help you start feeling yourself once again. It's time to take back your health. I trust my friends over at Global Tech MD, and you should too. Head on over to COVIDinjured.com and use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off of your first order of the COVID Health Bundle. Once again, head over to COVIDinjured.com, use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off your first order. COVIDinjured.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We are $33 trillion in debt, publicly admitted now, and it takes a trillion dollars a year in interest just to pay the interest. Uh, Dr. Bradley, we are literally going over the cliff as MAGA Mike, Mike Johnson, pretends he's got a handle on conservatism, but the truth is uh, he just kicked the can down the road, and I'm telling you right now we're being decredited or, or credit devalued or the credit rating being lowered, whatever words you want to use for this all over the world now at 33 trillion plus in debt publicly admitted to uh, way more uh, uh, in unfunded liabilities and everything else. But now it's a trillion dollars a year to pay off the debt. We'll never get out of this doctor. Never. Well, here's the deal. I just looked this up while you're just uh, talking about this and it's almost 33 and three quarters trillion in debt. Now, by the way, this is something that they kind of hid behind the curtain when they kicked the can down the road back in uh, at the end of September, at the end of the fiscal year, they said, "Oh no, 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 we're not gonna, we're not gonna worry about debt and stuff like that. We'll, we'll, we'll address this after, you know, after everything's settled and everything like that." But the debt continues to mount, and so, so the national debt clock, the real time national debt clock, is is going fast. I'm gonna have a seizure as I look at it, by the way, because of the changing numbers, but. It's basically 33 and three quarters trillion dollars. And I think it was Bloomberg announced that the interest on the debt was a trillion dollars annually. People, let me help you understand something. When you have uh, a debt, the interest gets paid. That is a set aside automatically. If it's a trillion dollars, you've taken a trillion dollars out of the revenue stream pie right off the top. So let's say we have, I don't know the number exactly, I could probably verify this in a few minutes if I quit talking, but let's say we have a $5 trillion total revenue stream coming into the U.S. government. Uh, it's probably somewhere close to that. Okay, $5 trillion. We lose 20% of that right now off the top every year now because of interest. Now, our interest rates have been fairly low, uh, but they're climbing again, and they're 
uh, you know, sell, if you're selling a house or buying a house, you're very aware of that kind of stuff. Okay, so as the interest rates climb, as the Federal Reserve sets the interest rates, my friends, who's the Federal? Oh, yeah, they're a private banking consortium that's for profit. Oh, yeah, and it's largely their debt, I mean, that we're servicing right now. So here we go. You take a 20% off the top, skim the cream off, before you can even start paying for military or all of these social programs we've got, you know, everything from food stamps to Medicare, Medicaid. Who? Holy cow. If you look, for example, at our uh, the, the, the debt that happened, it's not debt, it's a uh, outgo, if you will. Medicare, Medicaid is about a, a trillion and a half right now every year. Social Security is almost a trillion and a half, too. The Medicare, Medicaid is a little higher. So in round numbers, we got $3 trillion skimmed off. So you lose a trillion in your in your debt, I mean your interest. In your you interest. Three, in your interest payment, you lose $3 trillion in, in the Social Security, and, and then you use not quite a trillion with defense. It's uh, just a little over uh, $800 billion. Okay, I'm just looking at this. All of these things, my friends, pretty well spend every nickel you got coming in before you've done anything else. All of these ideas with transportation that they're doing. By the way, when they kick the can down the road, they they uh, kick the the bulk of the can down the road into February, the first week in February, if I recall. 19th of January, they've got addressed military construction and VA things and, and a few other little odds and ends. They left the, the military defense budget in the thing that's going to be addressed in February, but they laddered this thing. They, they, you know, MAGA Mike, they keep calling him, or you call him anyway, Mike Johnson. Anyway, his, his idea was let's, let's kind of split up this uh, kick the can down the road thing and let's address them a little bit at a time, and, and we keep a, a rolling disaster going on our hands. So getting back to your interest thing, we are not getting any better on our interest because every single moment, I mean, I can't even count fast enough to tell you how fast the interest is, I mean, the national debt is going up. I mean, it, it's, a, okay, it's another 100,000. Uh, just a second, another 100,000. Another 100,000. I mean, I'm just watching the clock tick. I mean, I can't count it fast enough. And so th this is this is a real problem, folks, and nobody wants to address it. And everybody I is do. just heading. Well, I know, but you're not. Yeah, a, buddy, we'll get it done. We'll lay it out. You listen to us. You're going to know the truth about what's really happening, regardless of who else pays attention or not. We're going to tell the tale. We're going to go on record before the judgment bar of God Almighty, and we're going to lay it out and tell you what's really happening. It gets worse, though. So forget this. Um, you know, debt situation, forget uh, Newsom possibly replacing Biden. Huh. Forget this Misty Hampton or whatever, uh, Biden's, uh, all right, attorney or whatever you want to say. Jonathan Miller leaking evidence, national debt. All right, it gets worse because Sarah Cleveland, you say, who the heck is she? She is a tapped-in, well-known professor, attorney, She's clerked for judges. She's been in the international realm for a long time. 
Sarah Cleveland, go look her up. She is disaster. She has two children, but she is disaster. She was just elected to the International Court of Justice. Think about an International Court of Justice when it comes to the United States sovereignty. Now, I bring up we should be sovereign and reject this international court. They would say I'm an isolationist, an enemy, and a problem, and I've got my head buried in the sand. But what are we doing belonging to a, quote, international court of justice, first off, and now putting this, quote, United States well-known attorney. She has ties to Yale. She has ties to all kinds of different places. Sarah Cleveland now at the helm elected, supposedly, But again, it all depends on how you define elected because none of the people even know about it, doctor. This is disaster. Well, I'll tell you who elected them and how much credibility they have in my mind, and that can be summed up in one term. I mean, (laughs) that was a test, guys. You know, if it's a real emergency, we'll have some other instructions follow. She was elected by the presidents of the Union General Assembly and United Nations Security Council. And that's why I say elected. That's not really elected at all, folks. It's appointed, 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 have a pretend vote in front of the people. But it's really a star chamber, doctor. Well, it is. These people, how many of these people are elected? Absolutely. Well, I don't know. Maybe some country elected somebody that went to the General Assembly or the Security Council. Yeah, it depends on how you define elected, but but it's not real elections in the traditional sense by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even um, we elect people who then elect them. That's not even really how it works. It is a sham from the get-go, if you dig. So she's just been elected, quote-unquote, to serve as a judge on the International Court of Justice for a nine-year term, beginning February 6th, so... You can take a deep breath today and hold it a long time because she's going to be there forever, longer than our senators by another almost half a term. Well, a half a term. Anthony Blinken, I think, has been a full supporter on this. I mean, she's a professor, I think, at Columbia. Uh, I I think Columbia Law School. I think Blinken. Yeah, and she has ties to Yale and ties to all kinds of other places. She clerked for people. She's been on the international stage behind the scenes for a long time. Uh, This person will sell America out in a second. Well, uh, she's, well, this idea, you know, that we talk about oftentimes, going back to George Washington's farewell address about this term or name, America. Well, too often people forget that they are Americans, and uh, they become, uh, you know, just basically a, a shill of this international government that they're trying to put out. Uh, let's see, I'm looking at some of these things. She served as a counselor on international law, the legal advisor of the State Department, member of the U.S. Secretary of State Advisory Committee on International Law. It's, it's called the World Court. I mean, this is sometimes called the World Court. Principal Judicial Body of the United Nations. So it's so it's supposed to settle legal disputes among UN members and issue advisory opinions on legal questions. You know, it's interesting to me that uh, the UN body is always in the middle of a disaster. I mean, whether it's the World Health Organization or UNICEF, which a lot of organizations seem to think have credibility and, and some, uh, you know, some reason to exist but but they're just stirring the pot did you hear how the who guys just had a the who they're not the the group uh that you might have heard of before yeah this is uh, not abbott and costello folks the who no, is a no, world health organization 
right <laughs> at their sexual at their sexual scandal they had gobs of who people in in Africa that were involved with with all sorts of horrific things against a people that is already overly burdened with all sorts of you know poverty and filth and and no hope or not enough food all that kind of stuff and the who people come in and they're raping the women i mean this is this is yeah, the, there you go just add insult to injury just run criminal activity all over the world and then pretend the united nations is going to go ahead and bring peace and prosperity and stability its origins come out of the league of nations it's criminal government control violating the sovereignty of every nation on the planet and it's been in place for uh literally what 80 years now and, and, and counting, and every time we turn around, they have another, quote, sub-branch or partner branch or whatever you want to call it. Think about it. you got the International Justice Court. How much justice, according to the American way, will we see out of that? Answer, none. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in justice the way we do. They don't believe in mercy and justice. They don't believe in due process. That's not the way the world works. The United States was unique in that reality. Uh, Dr. Bradley, that was the most unique portion or one of of the United States vision and dream and hope and etc. Uh, 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 grand old experiment was that we look to God and we administer justice to the best of our ability to God's laws, not government edict or uh, based on different class structures. This justice idea globally is a mockery of the American justice system. Uh, it's a betrayal. It's a violation of sovereignty. It's a mockery, sir. And now we're promoting this like it's just incredible. Well, there's there's 15 judges on the court. It's at the Hague. Okay, they each serve a nine term, a nine year term, excuse me. And and the the thing is that this there, you know, you think about the the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. This, uh, you know, some of these protections, the Sixth Amendment, for example. You know, uh, the these people, these judges that sit there, they come from countries that have no clue about a, a justice system that has all of the safeguards in it that, that the Americanist po uh, position has. I mean, people from some of the worst human rights offenders in the world are represented on this 15-judge uh, court. And, and uh, they're going to work it according to their understanding and not to according to an Americanist justice system. It, it really is. It's a disaster. They really don't have any authority over us, but we, we keep acting like they do. Well, as long as we act like they do, they do, because unless we stand up for our rights, we flat out lose them, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio. If you want to check out Dr. Bradley's Collegiate Series to Preserve the Nation, go to freedomsrisingsun.com, and while you're there, sign up to become part of his weekly incredible constitutional Q&As and webinars. freedomsrisingsun.com. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. we got a lot for you, news the networks refuse to use wise. All in seconds on your radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. 
All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast form. November the 17th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two at two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers in the supreme law of the land, the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, and it is a freedom-loving faith-filled fantastic we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time friday dr scott bradley freedomsrisingsun.com is in the mix with me today for both hours he's the founder and the chairman of the constitution commemoration foundation think about that the constitution commemoration foundation and he's also the author of an incredible book and dvd slash cd dvd cd series i'm going to call it a collegiate series uh, it's a lecture series called To Preserve the Nation. You want to learn more? Freedomsrisingsun.com. It's all in the traditions of the Founding Fathers, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, you with me, Dr. Bradley? Welcome back, sir. I am here if you can hear me, I guess I should We can say. hear you. Sounds perfect. Right. Now listen to this. Uh, you know what? Mike Johnson is a lot better than many people give him credit for. He's a Christian. He's a family man. He loves his wife. Him and his wife have worked tirelessly for pro-life and many other causes. However, he doesn't have the greatest constitutional rating. So he's a good Christian, and he's a nice guy, and he's a good family man, but he may not understand the Constitution well enough. However, he's probably the best we're going to get out of the lot in Washington these days. And I'm not here to down Mike. I'm just here to kind of put a reality twist or perspective on who he is. Uh, it, it, you know, we can't say he's all awesome. We can't say he's all bad. For the most part, he's way better than bad. He's a good guy. Now, he needs some Dr. Bradley-esque counseling and guidance on the Constitution. He needs surrounding uh, advisors like Sam Bushman and Scott Bradley to, to help him be true blue to the supreme law of the land. His voting record proves it. However, he's done a lot of good, and he's standing up for Christians more than anybody else in Congress than I that I see today. So Speaker, I call him MAGA Mike because that's what people are calling him because he just endorsed Donald Trump. But MAGA Mike Johnson, Speaker, silences NBC anchor with history lesson. Why? Because the reporter tried to weaponize prayer against him. The blaze with this piece, and there's a video with Mike's educational reality check on this. Let's play this and then talk about it. Here it is. It appeared uh, that you had on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation out, of, of church and state. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had were praying on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of, of church and state. Uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray inside a company. There's one thing to, to pray outside and to, and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? 
Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they, they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Standard. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. System. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. Dr. Bradley, you want to respond to that? I think he did a mighty fine job in pulling that little putts out, pulling his little putts head out of his butt. But most Americans don't understand that baseline principle. I mean, if you think about this, I mean, let's go back. I always go back. Uh, yeah. When Congress met for the first time, they knelt in prayer. This was an absolute thing. In uh, December of two thousand, I mean, of uh, 1804, um, John Hargrove was asked by joint bodies of Congress, House and the Senate, to give an address on Christmas Day before them. Uh, they assigned him the topic, the second coming of Christ and preparing for the Judgment Day. The Americans were interested in preparing for the Savior's return. This is stuff that is as deep and wide as everything that has to do with America. Our very foundation is based upon everything that happened to bring this nation about is overarched and undergirded by a religiosity that was in the hearts of the people. And uh, Mega Mike did a pretty good job of telling this kid in a very, very brief way that, that, that they were wrong. But uh, we've talked about this. It's been some time. In 2016, uh, Barack Obama's uh, U.S. Civil Rights Commission met and talked about religious liberties, and they put out a 296-page document. I've reviewed that document. Bottom line, 296 pages. They want the government to define religion and religious liberties as narrowly as possible so that the other overriding rights that governments create will will supersede religious liberties. They're, they're trying to pour this into a segment where, oh, yeah, you can worship. Go, go to church or synagogue or temple or wherever on, on Sunday or whatever day you go. Well, unless go we declare that. not to by edict and mandate, then don't go either. Just go to lap dances in the bar, but don't go to church, okay? Well, that's the COVID response. I mean, that's churches right. were shut down. The religious liberty in the nation which, was which destroyed. Which just proves their real goal is to narrow the definition in the courts, narrow the definition of Congress, mock everybody out of the public square, lock you down whenever they want to, and you don't have any right to worship at all. Religious liberty is absolutely on the chopping block. They mock folks for wanting to book burn pornography, but they're literally book burning everything that relates to religion in every element that they have control over, Doctor. You know, uh, there's uh, it's been around for quite a few years, uh, since the 60s anyway, a statement that was made, and I, I quote it often. It's, if America is destroyed, it may be by Americans who salute the flag, sing the national anthem, 
march in patriotic parades, cheer the 4th of July speakers, normally good Americans, but Americans who fail to comprehend what it is required to keep our country strong and free, Americans who have been lulled away into a false security. Now, in many ways, Mega Mike's there. I mean, he may be on point on this religious liberty thing, and if they held prayer on the on the floor of the house, good on them, okay? And if they, got, if they invited anybody and everybody to join with them, fantastic. That was the way it was. But all of these other things that are out there, the internationalism that Mega Mike seems to be tied into, the uh, the military thing, the ties to and, and this is and this is where Doctor I say he may be a great Christian. I'm sure he's a good family man. I'm sure he cares and believes. I mean that kind of praying in Congress, literally then defending it publicly like he did. I mean he shut that guy down. Okay, yeah. the guy's a good guy. Mike Johnson's a good guy. I just don't think he understands the landscape of the founding fathers and the Constitution, the supreme law of the land well enough to really be on the right side of certain issues. We need to surround him with the right people who understand the know and can help him get caught up. Now, his quote of the Founding Fathers says he knows quite a bit, but obviously, uh, in my view, uh, not enough. For example, you should not have flat out funded this kick the can down the road when we're $33 trillion in debt. You should have said, no, we're going to start with a zero-based budget, and we're going to pass constitutional line items, one clear single issue bill at a time and you know what we can get through a lot of them if we know they're constitutional we don't need a lot of debate and the ones that are questionable we can put on hold and we can fund a lot of the government without shutting down anything we're simply funding the proper role of government we hold the purse strings you guys have weaponized it against us and got us 32 33 trillion in debt we will no longer allow the purse strings to be weaponized. I'm in charge now, and we're going to only pass constitutional bills. Now, we're not leaving for Christmas. We're not leaving for Thanksgiving. We're not leaving for any of those things. I'm sorry, families of congressmen and women. But you know what? You betrayed us for decades. It will not happen anymore. And I'm going to stay here every day and pass bill after bill after bill that are constitutional, one line item at a time. And if it's not constitutional, it's gone or... If we can't crash the plane, in other words, you've got to fund it even though it's unconstitutional because you've made promises, then we're going to put together a sunset or an extraction plan. We're going to pass it with that in mind. The complicated bills will leave for last uh, and will only fund constitutional government. You could literally, with probably 100 quick single-item bills, fund the majority of necessity. And if Senate stops it, you just simply say we control the purse strings, and that's what you've got. You either pass it and keep government open, or you don't, Joe. You either pass it and keep government open, or you don't, Senate. But we've done our job. And to prove it, we're not going home for Thanksgiving. We're not going home for Christmas. To prove it, we're here till it gets solved. Don't you dare say we're shutting down government. That is a lie. And I'm telling you, if enough congressmen and senators stuck together and put that in the media and then partnered with us in the alternative media, we could carry the day. Skip the break. Dr. Bradley, your response. Well, you know, your your approach is absolutely essential, I think. And, and you know, for all of his faults, Ronald Reagan had the ability to take the message to the people. I mean, he was the great communicator. I mean, he was an actor. He knew how to read a script and and he could put the right emphasis on it, you know, and and he did a great job. And I think if the American public had this uh, war taken to them, you know, in a 
the manner that you've been talking about, the, the people would say, no, 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 this, yeah, okay, let's do it this way. You know, you know what? I have respect for the house that will not recess for Thanksgiving and will not reset for Christmas. This issue is important. They are taking it as important. They have passed these, and you tell them, you know what, 191 bills we've passed that fund the proper role of limited constitutional government. We've got to get a handle on spending is why we're doing this. But it's the Senate that won't pass it. It's the, it's Joe that won't sign it. It's And you got to put... You could put the emphasis on where it belongs. You could force the media to go along. The new media, there's enough of us to tell the story and either leave the mainstream press behind or force them to admit the truth. This could be done, but it's going to take guts. What in my plan has a hole in it, doctor? Well, okay, I'm not trying to poke any holes in anything. The Senate does have the right to amend. When a bill comes over from the House, you know, the House starts the funding bills and everything. The Senate can amend, but if it comes That's back right. over to the House and they say, and well, we simply you guys say, if it's it. constitutional, we've already passed you a constitutional one. Uh, you just made it unconstitutional. It's DOA. Here's our original Constitution uh, approved bill. We're sending it back. Don't give us back anything else unconstitutional because we will reject it. Now, you can say that we're the bad guys because we rejected it, and you lie. You added a bunch of unconstitutional spending that we will not tolerate. You betrayed our one issue, one bill at a time, so people can up and down know what we stand for, and we're not tolerating it. Here's the bill again. And you can simply ignore the Senate's uh, unconstitutional revisions and, quote, you know, send back to us plan. You could rule that day. You could say, no, we control the purse strings. You don't. You have the right to amend something. That's right. But we can also tell you that it's unconstitutional, and we're not passing it. We're not. And so, therefore, you're the ones holding it up. The original bill is constitutional and will fund government. Get to it, Senate, and get to it now because you've got government shut down over it. See, you got to have bold, direct, clear people that educate along with stand tall, doctor. And absolutely. That's the way the system is to work. It, it gets back. You don't like it. You rip it out. You start over, whatever, and, and you get back and forth until they know you mean business. Now, Here's kind of the problem with with Mega Mike. He's already fooled everybody, or or at least failed. I don't know how to put it exactly. On some of these international things, where in the heck did these multi-billion-dollar bills come from? In the midst of a, a budget shutdown and in the midst of a uh, an economic crisis of debt and everything like that, where did these international authorities come from? Well, the from answer is he's deceived money? into believing that he has to be an Israel ally. That's the lie. That's the problem. He was proving his bona fides, if you will, to the establishment. I am with Israel, so just keep your hands off of me, and I'm good to go. And that's where I'm really worried. See, people that forget their constitutional process based upon some expediency that they, they perceive in their own minds, it's, it's a big problem. So, so he's got to be pure himself. He can't say, oh, yeah, this, this multi-billion dollar bill for Israel is, is an exception. It's not an exception. Now, by the way, the kick the can down the road things that they did did not include, you know, where they extended out the laddered uh, continuing resolution, did not include any funding for either Israel or Ukraine. I suspect there'll be some monkey business that goes into this thing in the near term because they feel like it's okay, we'll do exceptions to these things. And you know what? The Ukraine war has kind of fallen out of uh, the news a little bit. But to tell you the truth, it's still raging. And and uh, people are 
begging at the doors. I'm confident. Sam, what was it, six, seven years ago, we were we tried to get into every office in the House and the Senate, in their business offices, if you will. I nearly got arrested, by the way, in Harry Reid's office. They were very unhappy that I was there. But at any rate, we tried to get in every single office and say, why don't you follow the Constitution? You remember those days. And I'm here to tell you, I observed firsthand the beggars on the doorstep of every single one of these people. People praying for largesse from the government, meeting with the senators and congressmen. I got put on hold while they met some constituency that came in that wanted some special largesse, some some lever of the government to be pulled on their behalf for their little special group. There are people beating down the doors constantly there. Now, we were kind of trying to beat the doors down, if you recall, and the idea was let's just keep our actions within the constitutional limits. But what I observed as I walked the hallways of Congress, we didn't get in every House and Senate door. As you know, we ran out of time. But but the fact of the matter is we got information into every House and Senate office. And and the plea was let's restur- return and restore. But, but you know what? They got the welcome mat out for these people. I mean, I was in – I mean – there's people now, I understand, I haven't been in uh, their offices since they were elected, but there's people there that fly uh, different nationality flags. I mean, I was in one office when we were there that had the Mexican flag up. It was a, a congressman from, from Texas that uh, I thought I was in a another country when I came in his office, literally. The pictures he had up of old Mexico and the, the Mexican flag and the, I mean, it was like he knew where his bread was buttered. His his uh, constituency was largely people that had crossed the border and were there illegally, I'm guessing. But these people play, pander and play for re-election constantly, and they think they get re-elected by putting uh, out goodie boxes for people that want to come in and, and, yeah, I'll get that in the next bill. Yeah, what do you, well, boy, I'll tell you, I'll work on getting that passed. They make all sorts of promises, and but that's how people get into 33 and three quarters trillion dollar debt that's admitted. If you look at the unfunded stuff, yeah, let's talk about that just for a second. Unfunded liabilities I looked at recently, $211 trillion, okay? The total assets in America are $220 trillion. Total, total, total. We're approaching it's the out point of control. where our, our, our promises to pay will shortly exceed... If we sold everything out and put it to it, we yeah. Well, in other words, we'll never off. pay it back. Is the problem? No. And I and no. I I wanted I want to separate this because I want to always focus on principle, Doctor Bradley. I don't want to attack people. So you know what? I appreciate the blaze for reporting about uh, Mike Johnson. Uh, I I praise anybody who stands with Mike Johnson in terms of prayer for this nation. Uh, I stand with Mike Johnson to shut down the reporter to to try to perpetuate the lie of separation between church and state. I commend uh, Johnson for standing up on that. And even though I have problems with a lot of things Mike Johnson's doing, kicking the can down, I want to take each issue one at a time, and I want to give praise and credit where credit's due, and I want to give concern and highlight the problems with the bad actions. Whenever it's good, I want to support it and make it popular. Whenever it's bad, I want to reject it. I want to attack people. I want to be civil, but I want to explain why it's wrong. So clearly when it comes to prayer, good for Mike. When it comes to backing this international uh, foreign aid or 
corporate welfare, government wealth, international welfare, whatever you want to call it, shame on them for that. When it comes to kicking down the can down the road from economics, pretending that, hey, we just need time to work on this, bogus. You're not taking the right approach. Because what are you going to do between now and January? You're going to go home is what you're going to do, Mike. And all your colleagues are going to go home. And you're going to come back on I don't know when, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, who knows. And you're literally going to waste almost a month. And then you're going to come back and say, oh, my gosh, we got like nine days to get this thing fixed. And nobody can agree. We better kick the can down the road again. Or we better this or that. No, if you would have taken my plan from the second you took speakership, and the second you took speakership, I've been advocating for this plan. Even Vivek Ramaswamy highlighted it on the debate stage. So let's not pretend you don't know about it. Zero-based budgeting, that's what businesses do. Single-issue bills so we know where everyone stands, and you find out what's the most important piece of government that needs to be funded. And you prioritize bills, and you start passing them. And anybody who gets in the way of passing a constitutional bill, you need to go out into the public eye and get the court of public opinion with you to say, what on earth are these clowns doing? And, And you could do this, but not if nobody stands together. Not if nobody works together on this. Not if nobody really focuses and gets it done. All right. Anyway, shame on the uh, expenditures. But good on Mike for the prayer issue. And boy, do we need prayer in America. So I always want to be the guy, though, that highlights the good and the bad and gives credit when credit is due. And I want to make that which is good popular every time. And it is good to pray. And it is the historical um, precedent in our nation to pray. It is vital and critical. And if we don't, we're in real trouble. And if we do and we look to God, that's what makes us the greatest country on the face of the earth, doctor. Well, it is indeed. And I, you know, you do have to, you know, separate the good, the bad, and the ugly. I guess we're talking about good and the bad. And I guess I'm on the radio with you to qualify for the ugly part. I I guess I'm on the radio for that reason. You don't look good enough to be on. No, I don't look good enough to be on TV. But we do have to take the time to recognize the good that has happened while not uh, ignoring the things that are distracting in a very major way. I mean, there are fatal Amen. flaws. And I that's mean, why have- I always highlight the fatal flaws and say I'm against that. When Donald says, hey, let's, let's uh, stand for pro-life, when Mike Johnson says let's stand for pro-life, I'm in with them 100%. Now, when they then say, oh, let's increase the debt or let's force vaccinations on people, or no, I didn't force vaccinations on people, but all the governors did or all these other people did, and I didn't really blatantly tell them no, See, shame on them. But you know what? Even Donald Trump had promotion of religion. Uh, and good for him for doing it. And so whenever they do right, I support them. Whenever they do wrong, I reject them. And I think if we always follow that philosophy, we can be right on every issue. Not because we're right as persons, but because we stand on the moral side of the discussion, the religious side of the discussion, the God-ordained side of the discussion every time. And that's really where I always want to position myself and you say well sam whenever you promote say a mike johnson or a donald trump you're kind of endorsing their bad and my response is not if you pay attention to me i'm not i'm just giving credit where credit is due the fcc is out of control we'll talk about that next segment they literally ladies and gentlemen think they're gods and kings and they've got to stop and i don't know how we think that the fcc gets to vote because as far as I understand, the FCC commissioners uh, are what, appointed? How do you do that? 
Well, the FCC, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this, and then we'll come back and talk about it. The FCC, they say, just voted to take control of the Internet, announces plans to resurrect net neutrality rules. This is disaster. We'll talk about it with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. The trial involving a former Kentucky police officer and the death of Breonna Taylor ends in a mistrial. Lance Pry explains. A mistrial was declared in the civil rights trial of Brett Hankinson, the former Louisville, Kentucky police officer, involved in the deadly and botched no-knock warrant raid involving 26-year-old Breonna Taylor in 2020. After four days of deliberations, a federal jury told a judge it was deadlocked and could not reach a verdict on the two-count indictment for deprivation of rights under the color of law. The temporary suspension of the gag order against Donald Trump in his civil business fraud trial has been granted by a New York appeals judge. Trump's legal team argued that the order infringes on his freedom of speech. The gag order was imposed after Trump made comments attacking the judge and his law clerk, and he's been fined twice for apparent violations of the order. Multiple reports say Israel and Hamas appear to be near a hostage deal. The deal would free 50 women and children for the return of Palestinian prisoners. The exchange would coincide with a three- to five-day ceasefire. I'm Dave Collins. President Biden said during the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday that a stable relationship between the U.S. and China is beneficial for the world economy. It makes sense to work together. We've committed to work together. We're going to continue our commitment to diplomacy, to avoid surprises, to prevent misunderstandings. He said that he had constructive discussions with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday, and both leaders agreed to reestablish military-to-military channels to mitigate the risk of miscommunication. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required.
So disaster. They say the FCC voted to take control of the Internet. Yeah, they announced plans to resurrect net neutrality rules, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can't trust the government, the FBI, the Justice Department, or anybody else regarding the Internet. They already literally manipulated some of the big social media companies and literally committed fraud before the election. Uh, literally dishonestly, um, you know, they, they mocked us for peddling fake news, but it turns out they were all the fake news folks. Uh, Operation Mockingbird on absolutely steroids now. It's out of control. Uh, but, Dr. Bradley, look, how do these uh, – first off, the FCC is unconstitutional. Secondly, my question is, how do they do this? Is it advice and consent with the Senate? Uh, I read articles that say Joe Biden nominated these people to be on the FCC commission or FCC board. And then it's like, oh, senators uh, went ahead and, um, you know, gave consent or, or voted these people to be in or whatever else. And uh, where do they get all these rules for these unconstitutional agencies in the first place? And on one hand, I guess if Joe nominates and the Senate votes for them and then they become commissioners and they're kind of appointed slash advice and consented and then they vote and somehow their vote counts where do they get the authority to vote and change law or add law or they've now taken the place of congress in their own division it's regulation by i don't know what you want to call it star chamber appointed elected bureaucrats uh this is out of control and the whole internet's at stake doctor you know the fundamentals have got to be restored and, and abided by. It was uh, this Bravo Sierra was ended in 2017 under Trump uh, to to reverse all of that stuff, and then along comes Biden in in 2021. He signed an executive order that encouraged the FCC to reinstate those things that were ended under Trump. Um, so the vote that happened, I think, was almost a month ago. It was in the middle of October. Uh, voted 3-2. I mean, this is a, it's a split vote, folks. I mean, if that, that one person that gave them the three may have had reservations. Who knows? And so by a split vote of 3-2, they're going to reinstitute an unconstitutional regulatory process on the Internet. That's their impression. But they're, they're voting some... from an unconstitutional organization that they're kind of uh, somewhat appointed to as well. They're not the the all the alphabet soup organizations are unconstitutional. I will say that across the board. Okay, the uh, the Constitution, Article One, Section One, says all regular all all uh, legislative authority is in the House and the Senate. They have no authority to create anything that is enforced as though it were law on the Americans. They have zero. Congress cannot redelegate that. They might have created them and says, we're giving them, we're delegating to them the authority to regulate our communications, blah, blah, blah. Congress cannot redelegate constitutionally anything that was delegated to them by the people through the Constitution. Okay, It is simply, completely, totally, and unequivocally unconstitutional. So there's going to be some hearings or some public comment and so on and so forth. I assume there's going to be some legal pushback, but the clowns that are running this program right now, uh, and that's pretty much everybody that's in a position of authority in the United States right now, and most of our states too, uh, that these people claim the authority to rule by fiat, and that's what this basically is. Verily thus saith the Lord. I mean, of course, they're the Lord and Master in this case, 
and they do it. They're, the king is not in charge of America, although we act like a president is. And that's what happened in 2021, this executive order that uh, that Biden put out that's saying, no, we got to go back to this government control of this. It, it, you know what? If it's a, uh, a private entity, they have no authority to do that. And it's, a, it's something that they have manipulated unconstitutionally, I might add, as you point out, during the COVID thing. And during almost everything that they're doing now, they manipulate the narrative that's allowed to to go through the, you know, the communication links in violation of the uh, First Amendment. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. I had 1,500 videos that were expunged by YouTube because I didn't meet their criteria. And and so, the poof, gone. I'm, I'm just done. Toast. Trying to rebuild a lot of those things. I've, I've got a few hundred out there now again. But the fact of the matter is, all of this stuff is collusion between government and, and, uh, and private industry. First of all, what they did to me and to lots of other people on Twitter and all these other things. It's a fascist kind of approach. A government-private collusion on things that controls the liberty of the world. That's that's fascism by definition. Okay. So this business government uh, arrangement is is wrong. So now, but literally, if they say, take over the internet and internet neutrality, they'll just shut you and I down, doctor. Well, they could very well. They could. They and, could. And here's the interesting thing: they haven't been able to shut Sam Bushman down, and that's why I'm being relentlessly attacked. Because I don't depend on all the social media services. They can turn me off and I can laugh. I don't depend on big networks that can fire me for what I say. I own all my own stuff. But if they literally can turn off the internet for people, in other words, Sam, you don't get an internet connection, and or Sam, your internet connection is metered and regulated to the point where your word can't go out, then they could shut me down, doctor. It's different now because it's not a matter of that I own my own stuff. It's a matter of they've got the kill let me say that again. The kill switch. They've got the kill switch. I repeated that on purpose so people understand. Kill is what I'm trying to highlight. They can literally kill my ability uh, to get out. And then if I say anything, they'll say, shut up, you're an enemy combatant because you're a terrorist. We've already reported that to Congress, see? Uh, you don't have any rights, Sam. That's where this is headed if we're not very careful, doctor. The whole point of the First Amendment in regards to the assembly and the speech and the press course they got the religion stuff in there too and the petition stuff but the other things were to maintain our liberty so other voices could be heard and raise the cry of warning and so on and so forth and so here's the deal now it was what uh, a few weeks ago they did the fcc test of all the taking over your cell phones and your and your tvs and all this kind of stuff and they ran that program and, and we've voice the concern that maybe there's some embedded uh, I don't know something in that was sent out to maybe be a signal ultimately to your communications devices to shut down or or act a different way whatever we don't know and it's a conspiracy kind of theory anyway I just heard yesterday that there's a a movement I think that they said the 21st of November that's coming up here in about four days that they're going to do a similar exercise what? Why? Why are they doing this? Why do they continue to uh, to meddle with things? Because uh, they the want to make sure the kill switch is foolproof, sir. Maybe I don't know, but that that's the problem. Is that this thing with the FCC? Uh, getting back to that, I think they're going to try and implement this next year after some public 
discourse on the thing that then the, there'll be the, all the legal pushback and everything. They don't have a shred of authority to do what they're saying they're going to do. There is none, zero, nada. But the fact of the matter is, we keep acting like it, and people keep. I mean, when when you ran a terrestrial radio station, you had an FCC license, didn't you? You had their yes, permission sir. to run the radio station. I mean, I remember back in the '60s. A lot of your listeners probably weren't even born then. There was a guy by the name of Wolfman Jack. I mean, he was a, a disc jockey. And he, th- I, he had a very, very high-powered radio uh, program. He broadcasted out of Mexico. That's totally right. Totally out, outside the, the bounds of the FCC regulation. And, and that's and, where and I cut I th- my teeth on radio back in the early 70s, Doctor. Okay, well, anyway, here's the deal. He, he delivered a message. I mean, I was in Montana working. And and when the skip was right for the you know the atmosphere and the ionosphere and everything like that, I could get Wolfman Jack's uh, radio. I mean, it was like this was counterculture, baby. But but it was a what's wrong with something like that? And Wolfman Jack was you know they're saying, man, we'd like to get our hooks into him. We'll put him out of business. He was in Mexico. They couldn't. Mexico had more freedom then than the FCC was allowing. I think the largest or the highest power radio station, terrestrial radio station that they allow in America is like a 50,000-watt. That's there's right. only a handful of those. So, and he cranked out with 100,000 watts right over the border, buddy, and broadcasted, I can't remember how many, like 17-plus western states or something. It was crazy back in the early 70s. And listening to Wolfman Jack is kind of where I got my uh, desire for radio, saying, you know what, that's something I can do. And I, and I won't even do it on the radio now, but I actually do a Wolfman Jack impression. <laughs> Just kind of like my Bill Clinton impression. Anyway, I do a yeah, Jack right. impression too. So there you go. Okay, but well, anyway, the FCC. <laughs> but your point's well taken that they've been at base. this. This is They're Operation Mockingbird, uh, literally in modern day. That's on steroids, doctors. What we're really talking about. It is, and and it's government regulation. There has no authority whatsoever to do. We've got to spread the word. I mean, I've got to do more research on what I was told yesterday about this twenty first of, Fe- of uh, November thing. But uh, I'd, I'd like to find out if they're going to again seize control of our communications devices so I can be shut down and ferrety caged again. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Hang tight. Quick commercial. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley, yours truly on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
unconstitutional FCC wants to absolutely take control of the Internet, including implementing their kill switch. Ladies and gentlemen, you think their manipulation of the social media people was uh, bad, and it was, and it is. You ain't seen nothing yet if they get literal control of the kill switch by mandate and edict. Unconstitutional as all get out. But, Dr. Bradley, it could have been easy for uh, MAGA Mike Johnson and the team to shut this down. They could have simply said, hey, there is no funding for the unconstitutional FCC. They're out of control. They want to manipulate the Internet. Uh, they voted to do so unconstitutionally. We are absolutely going to completely 100% defund the FCC. And if they had enough Republicans to stand together, they could have got that done. Could have, would have, should have, ought to. And you I could say, well, wait a minute. Senate would never go along with it. The president would never sign it, doctor. And my response is, who cares? You don't need them to. The purse strings are held by the House, and they could just simply say, we're not going to fund it. There's nothing else anybody else can do, doctor. Well, leave it out of any funding bill. You know, remove the rights. It's a, it's a complicated process. We, you know, there's some the nuances you got to understand. But the fact of the matter is. Yeah, like slush funds everywhere the that they could rob to keep it alive, that kind of stuff. But you're right. Well, there's a lot of those kind of things. And. And all sorts of discretionary funding. They, but the president can't spend any money. You know, uh, uh, the the Constitution specifically says you cannot spend money that was not legally passed the way it's required. Okay. In other words, you can't just repurpose money anytime you want to. And if the president does, they should say not only are we not funding the FCC, but now we're going to impeach the president because he literally misused public funds. Right. Well, Article One, Section Nine, Clause Seven. Okay. No money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law. There you okay, go. so leave it out of your next funding bill. Don't put it in there. Shut it down. Yeah, NPR's I mean, gone. FCC's gone. They won't take control of the Internet anytime soon. But see, nobody has the guts to even bring up the things that I'm bringing up and talking about them and educating the public about the opportunities and the options. You could have millions of Americans say, we agree. And you could literally, in the court of public opinion, force this discussion into the media uh, and everything. And if you had enough people to stand together strong, our greater numbers, as Dr. Bradley always teaches, could rule the day. If we wanted it to, we don't have a democracy, but we do have absolute American influence on the outcome of what happens via our elected representatives. And if you don't vote to shut down the FCC after they want to control the Internet, if you don't vote to shut down NPR and some of these other things, we will absolutely remove you and elect somebody who will. It's that simple. And what we don't have in America is Americans standing together. But here's what's happening while we're all literally debating all this stuff. You ready, doctor? I'm going to try to be ready. All right. (laughs) Wall Street, well, they're a little concerned about the inflation. They're a little concerned about the money going south, becoming worth less and less and less and less. They're very, very concerned. So here's what they're planning to do about it. This is a word for the wise. You ready? Wall Street is moving to buy up U.S. farmland in hopes that it will be a safe hedge against inflation and concerning economic conditions Reuters so now Wall Street's buying up farmland because they're concerned that their 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 money uh, under their mattress or wherever else the heck it is uh, is gonna just absolutely melt down so they're gonna buy farmland as a hedge to protect their investments doctor all over the country hundreds of thousands of acres millions of acres there's a lot of angles to play on this thing I wish there were time to talk about all of them one of them is 
Bill Gates is doing this, and we don't know his nefarious that. scheme, but he also does a lot of In fact, of they say that, he's the biggest single personal farm land owner in the country. Okay, so, so land is another aspect of this. It's like gold. It's a tangible asset. And, and they're not making any more of it. And uh, and so there is there is some Well, God is, saying, just on other planets, that's all. Well, okay, fine. But the fact is they can't get their <laughs> mitts on that at this point. That's right. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, though, that, uh, that it's a tangible asset. And there's some wisdom in owning tangible assets. And you have Brian Rust on regularly to talk about this kind of stuff. So, so they're saying that. But here's the other side of it, though. There's a huge effort to control and contain private ownership. And this is yes, where sir. I have my biggest concern. And, and Blackwater and State Street, some of these big investment firms, have been, uh, well, in a year or a year and a half ago, they were buying up sight unseen every house that came on the market. That's a little overstatement, but not much. Sight unseen, no inspections required, we'll pay cash. Oh, we'll give you more than your asking price. And the prices were being driven up. The idea is, I think, the Klaus Schwab idea that you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. See, if young people, we talked about this earlier, if young people cannot buy their first house, if you can't afford to rent because these big Blackwater State Street investment firms have bought up all of the housing and they are jacking the prices. So, you know, we may be intense. I don't know if you can find a place to pitch it. Maybe that's where they and, already and, are. In and then what they'll say, though, is, oh, we got to have rent price controls because this is out of control. And then the government's the only answer to the Hegelian dialectic that they perpetuated for that outcome. Yeah. So you can kind of see how this could be a, a really bad web that's being woven for us right now. But there is some semblance of, of, of logic in this thing. If you own a tangible asset when the fiat money and the paper stock market and everything and it will it'll all fail the fiat money and the paper stock market and everything's going to fail it will ultimately and uh, this is where paper money fiat money ultimately leads to it dies in people's hands it's just no longer there and and jefferson and well all the founding fathers spoke eloquently powerfully about about this tangible asset stuff if you can own your land if you can own your you know exchange things i mean gold and silver have been for thousands of years you know they, they're divisible they're they're uh, tangible worth they they don't uh, you know they don't just you can't create them out of thin air there's they're limited and scarce in their supply all of those things that go into making tangible money really worth something is something paper doesn't you can print and ink and and uh, computer input uh, to, uh, you know, click of a button and you've got money in the banking system now. But if you've got tangible assets, I think that there's something to be said about some safety to you. Now, ultimately, Amen finding, to that. well, food and clothing and shelter and safety fuel. are going to have higher value, too. Ultimately. And fuel and safety and land and oh, gold and silver and asset-based reality checks are the answer. No doubt, but Wall Street, if you want to follow their example, they know where they're getting good, and they're buying land like you wouldn't believe right now, and I thought I'd highlight that. That's according to Reuters. If you don't believe me, go check it out. Final story before the end of the hour, Doctor, and I find this very interesting. Do you remember who former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is? Do you remember who that guy is? I do. He was the George Floyd guy, and he had evidence withheld from his trial well that's the whole topic right now here's the headline 
he charges that he was deprived evidence of real cause of Floyd's death. He appeals the civil rights violations and his conviction as a result of this. Um, I guess the deal is this. The evidence is outlined as a determination from a, quote, Kansas doctor by the name of William Sheetzel, explaining that after a review of the Floyd autopsy records and information, he believes Floyd died from a, quote, complication from a, quote, rare tumor that can trigger an adrenaline surge or rush that can be fatal. And Floyd, in fact, had multiple underlying health and drug issues at the time he died. And so now Chauvin, or this guy, this guy uh, Officer Derek Chauvin, uh, is literally saying, hey, my court case needs to be overturned. Now, the reason that I highlight this the way I do, doctor, is because this is the same thing that happened to Ammon Bundy, which is they withheld exculpatory evidence. They tried to lie and get a conviction. Thank heavens in Ammon's case, Ammon was good enough to bring enough out to the court to where they panicked, and there was enough whistleblowers to change the game, and the judge said, hey, criminal activity by the FBI and the Justice Department, they withheld exculpatory evidence. Uh, there's basically virtually a mistrial, and Ammon walks free. I think Ammon was not guilty of anything anyway, but that's what happened because they didn't want more information to come out. Same thing with Stuart Rhodes. They're, they've now withheld exculpatory evidence in his case, which we've talked about big time, where the even cops for the Capitol lied about where they were and made up false stories and narratives that was withheld from the court. And now we're seeing the same thing happening to Derek Chauvin. We can't trust the government at all every time they lie and withhold evidence and manipulate and convict people. And after the fact, we find out facts that change the whole game, doctor. Well, that's kind of what we're hoping for is a restoration of the original intent of the American founding fathers where, uh, you know, there's discovery that happens in trials and, and there's a, a sharing of, of information that will be brought up and and there's nothing held back, and people are are not uh, railroaded through on a star chamber kind of conviction that uh, that basically it was foregone conclusion from the beginning. I mean, all the January sixth stuff went that way. I think most Amen. of the the big cases now that you hear so much about the Ammon Bundy thing is just one of many. But uh, but that's the problem is that there's same thing with Charlottesville that happened to the conservatives. The liberal thug rioters walked free and all the conservatives got thrown in jail and false pretenses and withholding of evidence and everything else. Absolutely. The, The problem is it's a biased system. And as we've talked about so many times, the American founding tradition of justice, if there was a bias at all, it was a bias in favor of the accused that was intended to help prevent, uh, you know, the the conviction of of people that weren't guilty. That's why the whole grand jury system was originally set up, so that they could pre-examine what the evidence was against the person. And and if the the grand jury was honorable and honest and, and had full disclosure, they could return no bill, if you will. They could say no. There's no smoke. There's no fire. We're not going to do this. The individual was prevented from having to go to trial at all and face all of the the downsides of that. The attorney fees. Or oftentimes the there is smoke and there is a fire, but the government set the fire, and that's why there's smoke. 
that uh, that's exactly why we have these provocateurs that were throughout. I mean, it was in Ammon Bundy's case. It was in the G6, you know, the January 6th stuff. These provocateurs that were there that were saying, oh, I mean, the Oklahoma City bombing, the Randy Charlottesville, case, Charlottesville, all of these things have an awful lot of undertow there where there were government agents that were prov- there were provocateurs in trying to get things that the uh, wicked witch of the of Michigan, I think, what's her name, Gretchen, what's her name? Anyway, the governor, Whitmer, uh, Whitmer. She, uh, th- they, there were provocateurs that were working with these guys that couldn't set off a firecracker. Well, in their and and those guys just wanted were... to try to commit a peaceful citizen's arrest because they feel like she was violating her oath, uh, and then that all backfired and it turned into kidnapping and went all south because of government provocateurs as well. Exactly. All of these things have bad fingerprints on them. Uh, the JFK assassination, I believe absolutely there were things that were going on there that had government agents at the highest level involved. I mean, I would not be a bit surprised to see the Bobby Kennedy assassination in 1968 had that too. All Amen. of these things need to be reopened and revisited. And by the way, that's something that uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. has uh, made comments on regarding reopening some of these things. And Amen, I think we should. Disclosure. I By the way, you, RFK, I, I emailed him and said, hey, let's do a radio interview. They wrote back and said, fill out a form, which I did, and I'm waiting for their response now. Keep praying, baby. All of your listeners need to pray. It would be so good. I wish that we could, I mean, I, I would like to have a respectful dialogue with the man. Amen. Because I believe he's honorable enough to answer questions and, and be straightforward with everybody. And we may not even agree on everything at the end. That's okay. True, true. That's okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is America. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray for this country. You want to know the best news, though? The good news is that Jesus Christ was resurrected. And as a result, he remains the living author of our liberty. We'll have greater liberty the more we keep the commandments of God Almighty. There is no other nation that teaches that so clearly, so succinctly, that has that as its core and its roots. We can be a light on a hill, and we need your help to make that happen. Thank you so much. I testify Christ lives, he loves us, and obedience to his commandments are the real solutions in America today. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. <laughs>